This is the Software and Technology Podcast, your B2B show for the best thought leadership in the industry, bringing you information, education, and inspiration, only on MarketScale. The more diversity of thought of the people working at tech companies, the better. The blockchain idea was around 91, the same idea of in the digital world, we need verifiable documents. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Market Scale Technology Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. And thanks so much for joining us for another deep dive conversation on what's next in B2B technology. So with today's episode, we're rejoined by returning guests from Premio, a global solutions provider specializing in computing technology from the edge to the cloud. And with our conversation, we're focusing on surveillance at the edge, and more specifically, the growth and use cases for network video recorders, or NVRs, at the rugged edge. NVR technology has improved and become more capable over the last several years, right as the need for network surveillance and mass at the rugged edge has also become a top priority for connected cities and smart city applications to come. So let's get a full breakdown on the podcast today of uh, surveillance technology at the edge, at the rugged edge, where Premio fits in, and what the future holds for rugged NVRs. I'd like to welcome Premio's Philip Hall, Content Marketing and Communication Manager, and Dustin C2, Director of Product Marketing. Philip, Dustin, great to have you both on. How are y'all doing today? I'm doing great. Yeah, I'm doing well too. It's always good to jump on a podcast with you, Daniel. I think there's a lot of great, interesting, trending topics that are continuing to grow, especially in technology. So I'm excited again. Definitely. I feel like between every podcast, the industry just does a 180 and things change so much that, uh, you know, it, it makes every single one of our conversations incredibly timely. So that's always exciting. Of course, of course. All right. Uh, so we've explained Premio's role in the industry before on the podcast, but I think a refresher is in order. Um, could y'all give us just an update on where Premio fits into delivering on rugged edge NVR technology uh, and just some more context on this side of the industry and Premio's solutions there? Yeah, sure. So um in regards to Rugged MVR, the context of where Premio plays, the Rugged Edge MVR is a product computer within our product portfolio. Um, but before I kind of specifically hone in on the context of that, I think it's very important to really talk about the history of you know computing itself. Um, so Premio as a whole, uh, this year is our 30-year anniversary. And in those three decades, we've gained a lot of experience strictly in computing. And we worked with a lot of major OEM customers that helped us you know, grow our experience in computing technology and what I currently call from the edge to the cloud. Um, but why it, this is so timely, uh, specifically in computing, um, let me kind of do a little history lesson here is, you know, in the last you know, 30 or 40 years, um, there has been a constant juxtaposition of the definition of centralization of compute versus the decentralization of compute power. And you know, there's both sides of the argument and where we are in the applications of what's better for most, right? So just going down that history path, you know, back then in the, the early 80s, 90s, during the dot-com era, um, everyone was on the school of thought of powerful mainframes. These are your powerful, robust supercomputers that did all that computing. And, you know, keep in mind, um, they were extremely, extremely ex expensive. 
Um, but when the PC market came into play, what, what was that? That was basically saying that uh, an end user or a user had the localized PCs and leveraged all their local resources to do it individually themselves, right? And then that other school of thought, you know, which is very relevant in today's day, and specifically with everything that's going on with working from home, um, you know, cloud computing, you know, why are we able to be on this podcast today? Why are we able to do teleconferences with all our coworkers, right? Why are businesses still continue to operate? Because you have cloud giants like Amazon's AWS and Microsoft's Azure, right? So that's one school of thought of, of cloud computing specifically. Um, and then five years ago, um, there was this hot topic that everyone was throwing around called the Internet of Things. And what is the Internet of Things? They're just things, right? They're devices that are coming online. Right. And at that, at that time, there weren't people who were really understanding what these things were. People knew that these things were important and they were going to shape kind of technology and what they were doing. But I think where we are now and I think these things are coming online, they're becoming more connected, they're becoming more intelligent. And where we are currently today in the industry and where it's the most important is the term and trending topic of what edge computing is. And that's why it's very important in the context of rugged and uh, rugged edge MVRs, where you have the, the local resources that you don't need to rely on uh, the cloud resources to do a lot of the real time decision making. So, and this is kind of my own belief. Um, there really isn't the right or wrong based on those two juxtapositions of you know decentralization or the centralization. I truly believe we're in a time right now where uh, you can have that hybrid model of both. And the most critical part and the importance of that is to truly understand based on the application, you know, how are you going to balance those workloads? There are certain applications that will rely and have more benefit for edge compute where, where the data is being aggregated and you're able to crunch those numbers there and spit out a decision versus maybe you need a little bit of more machine learning power. Maybe you want to do artificial intelligence. You can't do that at the edge because the cloud is reserved for that high-level compute power. And then on the horizon, right, you have these networks that are starting to shape, right? 5G, everyone keeps talking about 5G. And what that's just going to do is just kind of bridge those two schools of thoughts even closer and even have a way to balance those workloads so you know uh, what type of resources you need at the right time for the real decision-making. Yeah, it's interesting to see how that side of the industry, rather than have new technology that kind of replaces old technology, it's been more of expanding use cases and applications and uh, really just creating a, a broader gamut of needs and solutions rather than one supplanting the other. And I think we're really seeing that play out uh, with improvements in rugged edge NVRs. So, yeah, I think... Um, there's a few examples that I think that are timely. I think most, you know, general general industry people will agree with. The first example, uh, everyone knows about this, is autonomous driving for a lot of fleet management trucks. Um, so I'm not talking about your average, you know, commercial vehicle that you're, you and I are driving, right? Where this is going to happen the first, and I always for sure where it's going to happen first, and it's already starting to change, is in a lot of fleet management. Uh, fleet management, for example, logistics trucking from point A to point B. I mean, even in this time, right, where there's a massive delay on all our deliveries from Amazon, but there are players in the industry who are starting to use a lot of this data that they need in terms of a rugged NVR, right, in order to record and compute all these things at the edge in order for 
the fleet truck to make it from point A to point B all on its own without an actual human driver. And um, in addition to that, right, um, I can also give another, another example that's very timely. Um, as you know, uh, COVID-19 has you know, put a huge strain on the world as itself, but I think we all can agree that it could have been prevented. And I think we also can agree that if we were able to use technology to help us prevent it, we would have been a lot safer, number one, and I think we wouldn't be in the situation that we are in today. So that example specifically ties into um, facial recognition and surveillance securities directly at airports. Um, I read a Business Insider article the other day that was commending two countries that got it right, and those were Taiwan and South Korea. And why they're able to get it right is because they were able to reduce that impact and put it into more prevention. And how they were able to do that is they use a lot of rugged MBRs at the edge um, that were able to kind of manage their, uh, their security on airports by using thermal imaging cameras connected to an NBR computer that has a GPU to do the actual analysis of thermal temperatures based on the human walking through. So what, that, what does that say, right? Um, if you have a thousand people walking through an airport, if you can say, you know, 50% of the people potentially have a higher temperature than normal, you can actually create prevention segregation methods there to control outbreaks like the COVID-19 um, pandemic that's going on. All right, let's jump into a more focused part of this podcast, which is basically taking that insight and talking about the expansion of rugged edge and VR technology, but applying it specifically to surveillance technology, like you were mentioning, um, in Taiwan and South Korea, and talking about how the two intersect. So an incredible statistic that is setting up this conversation is Gartner Research is predicting that over the next three years, Outdoor surveillance cameras are going to become the largest market for 5G IoT solutions, which is pretty nuts. So what do you all think is influencing this direction in surveillance technology? Well, I believe that what is influencing it is probably mostly to do with the actual increases in connectivity itself. Um, when you talk about uh, bulky data as it's transmitted across wires across the internet, there's really no bulkier data than that of video and audio, especially when we're talking like high resolution video at say 60 frames a second or, or however, whatever the frame rate is that you're trying to transmit. Um, so anytime that there's a jump, an increase in the connectivity, you're going to see uh, in lockstep a, a uh, newer innovations with the cameras because now it's kind of opened the floodgate as far as like, okay, well, now we can take the, uh, the technology and we can do this resolution within, we can do this frame rate, we can you know, get this exact with the video data. So that's uh, probably the biggest thing that's fueling it. Um, the other part is businesses are realizing that their surveillance systems aren't just for monitoring and recording anymore, what they can use their surveillance and security systems for. Uh, they can use it to glean actionable insights from the various video and audio data and whatever other data is being collected by the systems. Um, as Dustin was alluding to, um, the, the analytics that are able to, to be deployed with the rugged NVR systems, that can be used to get uh, all sorts of information from facial recognition. Uh, you can get information as far as to find out what people's habits are as they go throughout a venue. Uh, you can 
use it to to find out how traffic is is flowing through some of the city centers to try and optimize the the traffic light systems. So the the more data that people are able to to get through these systems, uh, the more people are going to want to try and uh, deploy some of these camera systems further out on the network edge. Um, and also now that the technology is coming down in cost and that the features are improving as quickly as they are, there's an increase in the accountability for a lot of these organizations. Um, you've got the Nevada Gaming Commission who uh, has very, very specific regulations as far as like what type of monitoring equipment uh, and surveillance equipment that these establishments need to have in place. Um, the, the BART, the Bay Area Transportation Authority, they have very specific information as far as um, the length of time that they need to maintain the data. Uh, then you get all the way down to the California Cannabis Bureau of Control, and they have very, very specific guidelines as far as what the frame rate that the uh, video systems need to be, uh, what the resolution needs to be, how long they need to maintain the data. So there's an increase in the accountability that is is kind of holding a lot of these organizations to the fire to uh, increase their their uh, surveillance footprint, if you will. And Philip, how is this need for connected surveillance now leading to an increased need for rugged edge NVRs? And why are so many solutions for surveillance needed in more demanding environments today than maybe even a few years ago? Well, as I said, there's an increase in the accountability that organizations have to maintain a robust surveillance system. And as part of that, they need to actually get a much more holistic view of their entire surveilled environment. Uh, that means putting cameras where cameras had not ever been deployed before in order to get and record as much uh, high resolution video data as possible. So when they need to do that for a lot of these deployments, they're going to be in areas that there's not going to be any control over the NVR self. Uh, they're going to be in areas where the NVR and the cameras are going to be more remote. So it's just not feasible to actually have it hardwired or, or chewing up the, the bandwidth to be able to send all of this video data back to the main security operations center, the main control hub. So you need to get the, the NVRs closer to the surveilled environment. And as I was saying, it's, it's not always a, a nice, comfortable, controlled environment. And so when they need to deploy in some of these environments, they're going to be remote environments. They're going to be mobile environments. They're going to be environments that are have a lot of vibration, a lot of movement, a lot of shock. They're going to be environments that are going to be exposed to the elements more. Um, so you're going to need an actual NVR that is purpose-built to withstand a lot of these external pressures, a lot of these uh, external circumstances that just traditional NVRs are not built for. Yeah, so well said. Um, being that a lot of these NVRs, or let's just say devices, and the requirements of it being deployed uh, in remote locations, um, the NVR technology is by by NVR technology itself is by no means completely new technology. But what is happening now is um, there's a requirement not only to record and store valuable surveillance footage, but now technology has allowed um, real time insights and in based on the computational power, right, to make a decision based on what's being recorded. Um, and I think that's where the true value is. And, you know, you're not going to be able to deploy these type of applications in a comfortable environment 
where you can push a lot of the information into a, a large, large data capacity. Um, it will happen eventually, but you can balance, like I mentioned, you can balance that overall workload and determine what's most important versus things that can be reserved for later functions. Clearly, what's made this possible is that NVR tech has improved considerably over the last several years. And because of that, the physical distance between the NVR hubs and the surveillance cameras themselves has physically shortened, saving uh, bandwidth needs and um, you know reducing the need from having to send bulky video data to the cloud and to the NVR hub. So what have those specific NVR technology improvements been? And why is it now easier to bring that computational power closer to the cameras? What has actually changed? Well, it's, as I was saying, the rugged NVRs are purpose-built to be in these uh, rugged surveilled environments. They're, they have uh, innovations such as a, a fanless design. It removes probably the, the biggest point of failure for most computing technology and, and most traditional NVRs is the fan, which is especially important in some of these environments where there are a lot of pollutants, a lot of dust. Uh, you want to make sure that there's no fan that can fail on the system because a lot of times you're not even going to know until you're out and checking that NVR itself or you realize that your video feed is dead. Uh, they're also cableless, which really plays a big role in mobile deployments or deployments where there's a lot of vibration and shock. Uh, if you get too much movement on the system, some of the cables inside, some of the wiring inside could come undone and then your whole system just has many big faults in it. Uh, the rugged NVRs, they're rated for shock, vibration, uh, extremes of temperature, which they could have, say, from the, the searing environment of a steel mill or the freezing temperatures from an outdoor deployment in a snowy area. Uh, and also there are rugged NVRs that are rated for extremes of moisture. Uh, you can have models that are completely waterproof in design or some that are just rated to withstand uh, certain exposure to water that, that isn't as severe as complete submersion. Um, there's also a lot more mobility options for the rugged MVRs. There's the wireless connectivity through uh, 4G LDE with SIM modules, which make mobile deployments uh, much more seamless in their connectivity, which when we're talking about, say, an onboard deployment for a train or an onboard deployment for a truck, it's going to be very important, especially if they need to be pushing the video data, uh, vehicle telematics data, or receiving uh, road condition data back from the control hub. You want to make sure that you have that constant connectivity so you don't lose any information. Uh, and, and, just to, and just to add to that, uh, yeah, Philip, I think yeah, you covered a lot of the, the great, great features. But uh, to answer your question, Daniel, kind of what's changing, right? What is that technology that's driving all these changes is a lot of these applications are now being deployed with uh, powerful GPUs. Traditional GPUs were all graphics heavy, graphic intensive. But the di main difference between a GPU and a CPU is that now the GPU has parallelized compute power to do things in real time. And when you are surveilling things and you're looking for insights in real time and going back to... Uh, the juxtaposition of the cloud, you're not going to have time to shoot all that information back to the cloud, wait for the cloud to make the decision and tell you what that image is. So by leveraging the GPU's power at the edge, for example, in an autonomous fleet truck managing sips, uh, system, right? Um, if there's a person walking across the road, 
uh, that car or truck needs to stop immediately. And if you're going to use the cloud to do that, let's just say uh, that person might have some trouble. So uh, edge computing and the GPU really allows that real-time decision-making. Dustin, at the beginning of the call, you mentioned that to some degree, security systems are becoming um, less centralized, uh, but that it isn't necessarily the replacement, that it's kind of functioning side by side with centralized hubs and decentralized hubs. Why are you seeing that dynamic flourish? And uh, what does Edge NVR bring to that co-dynamic there between decentralized security systems and centralized ones? Yeah, so good good question. Um, decentralization and the school of thought was that no matter what you were recorded, all that data could be reserved into a massive capacity of data center, right? And you can utilize that information and run the algorithms to make determinations at a later time. Um, the decentralization of that is, is not eliminating the need for that. It's just saying that, and what edge computing is, it's just saying that in this time, in this moment, what the computer or what the NVR is recording, it's able to pull the data that's needed right at that time and to make a what's called a inference analysis. When, it, when a machine is able to make an inference, that means is that that model or that machine learning model has been trained in the machine's algorithm to say that if I'm going to show this machine on a decentralized network, um, you know, thousand image, for example, thousand images of, of dogs, right? Um, it's going to tell me that 50% are maybe dogs and the other other 50% are possibly not dogs. Well, I, I actually, I, I'm sorry, yes. I mean, if we're, if we're going to get back to your general question about um, security systems becoming less centralized, um, I would say, yes, they are becoming less centralized. Um, the decentralization of surveillance has extended the edges of the surveillance network and it's streamlined deployments further from the control hub and the security operations center. Um, the, the centralized systems that people have had in place for a couple decades are going to remain in place. But I think that by now, there's been enough of a realization of all the benefits that can come from a decentralized network and, and the possibilities of, of spreading out that surveillance network even more and getting more actionable data coming in uh, I, I see that furthering the decentralization of uh, surveillance as a whole. All right, I want to take the conversation over now to uh, speaking a little bit more about the environments themselves that we're seeing this technology deployed in. Uh, Dustin, I know earlier you mentioned some specifics, uh, but I want to just expand on that point. Philip, uh, do you mind defining for us what a rugged edge environment is compared to just an edge environment, and which types of rugged edge environments are these rugged NVRs um, designed for and then most needed in? A rugged edge environment is one that is, it's a challenging deployment. It has a lot of factors that are just not conducive to a a typical traditional NVR deployment, Um, whether it's just the remoteness of it, the mobility of it, uh, exposure to harsh elements or or volatile environments that have constant shock and vibration. Uh, Some of these can be onboard deployments for, let's say, uh, in-vehicle transit. Uh, They can be for 
uh, outdoor deployments for smart cities. If they're if they're monitoring traffic, if they're monitoring weather conditions, uh, it can be fleet management, onboard fleet management, the same systems that get the uh, the video data from either in the cab, from the passenger spaces, or from the actual roadway and trackway itself, can be combined with the telematics information, and all of that can be routed back to the control hub. Uh, it can be the industry floor, which has extremes of temperature, extremes of moisture, uh, lots of shock and vibration, and the same thing for critical infrastructure. Those, those are, are, I would say, ideal rugged edge deployments. Philip, what about those use cases are um, more in need of a flexible NVR solution and that kind of computational storage and power? Uh, you know, why, why the increased need, I guess? The increased need has mostly to do with the the need for the uh, the proximity of the of the computer to the actual surveilled environment. Um, many of the environments need real time responses to the uh, to the video data that's being input into the systems. Uh, whether it's a facial recognition analytic that needs a, a real time cross referencing with a database to to either alert the security personnel or allow this person through an airport hub or onto a, a vehicle. It's, it's the real-time responsiveness of the system. How is Premio then delivering on uh, those new needs with its rugged NVR solutions? Dustin, do you mind giving us an overview of those solutions um, and how you've attempted to tailor them to those new uh, rugged NVR needs in these rugged environments? Yeah, so Premium as a whole, like I mentioned for the last 30 years, has always, and our core competence has always been in the design engineering of a lot of these rugged computing designs. So just that by that nature alone, even, you know, not even talking about surveillance security as a whole, um, in specifically in a lot of like industrial automation or in a lot of manufacturing plants, this is a requirement that's already in place to have computing systems that can withstand a lot of these harsh environments. But what, what really, really drives you know, our knowledge and what really drives our design and engineering into our rugged edge computers really comes and stems from our embedded computing experience. And there are uh, five key design principles that I wanna review with you and share with your audience on what we do to kind of really make sure these are the best requirements fit uh, for a lot of edge computing, but specifically um, in remote surveillance environments. So number one, the most important thing is having the ability for wireless connectivity, whether that be in Wi-Fi, you know, 4G LTE, and what I mentioned earlier, eventually 5G, which is going to double the speed to do the data communication. And I can give you a, a very good example of this, right? And what's very important is... Um, FirstNet. Have you heard of FirstNet, Daniel? Um, I haven't. So go ahead and fill our audience in as well. Yeah. So so FirstNet um, 
in terms of broadband networks, you know, you and I use our cell phone. We have our own telecommunication carriers, you know, AT&T, Verizon, T-Mobile to help manage our, our data and our connection. But um, why this is so important for a lot of, you know, surveillance and edge is that FirstNet is a dedicated broadband network that is uh, reserved for public safety. So, for example, is fire trucks, police, uh, police cars. Um, for example, if you have these type of first responder vehicles going from one county to the next in a massive emergency, you can't have that ability where they're going to have a down, uh, uh, a minimization of their connection. They need to have real-time responses in, in, a, in a split second because it's so detrimental. A second element to um, our design principle that's you know, kind of really uh, most important is really having built in the mobility and remote deployment benefits. Um, as I mentioned earlier, right, we know these type of uh, hardware devices and these computers are going to be deployed in remote and uh, mobile areas, and they're not going to have the ability uh, to communicate back and forth with the cloud. So we already know that there's a decentralization there. Um, so why that's important is that um, these devices or computers, specifically rugged edge NVRs, um, they are going to be used to monitor and diagnose things that are going on uh, for that a specific application. You know, going back to the autonomous driving example, it's the easiest one that everyone can understand, right? Um, there's a, a there's a protocol called CAN bus, right? And within a vehicle, there's a thousand of these little ECUs and sensors in a vehicle that need to communicate into a hub, which is called the CAN bus protocol. And from there, you can dissect and communicate and log all the information that what's happening. So going back to the fleet management example, right? If you have a fleet truck that's going from point A to point B, um, in between that, you're going to need to know what's happening at that time. Maybe um, on this street, based on GPS, this truck made a left turn. Um, then at this point, this truck made a stop because there was a dog that crossed the road. All that data is extremely, extremely valuable if you want to get to autonomy. But if you even, even want to get to level you know, five plus autonomy in the commercial vehicles. Um, another, another benefit related to mobility and remote deployment and built into our uh, you know, rugged edge NVRs is uh, it's called power ignition management. And what this does is that it allows uh, the computer to interact with the car's battery. And that really speaks into the mobility and the remote deployment again, um, because uh, you, don't, you no longer have to rely on a power source that's uh, segregated. Now you can feed off uh, the the, the 24 volt or 12 volt battery of the car. And from there, you can actually set times and delays based on the ignition of the car to where if the computer needs to do a very important function or it needs to kind of log all the data into storage first before shutting down, it has the ability to do that. So third, um, another really important thing to rugged edge computing designs is you know having the ability to support performance accelerators. Um, and what I mean by performance accelerators, these are specifically GPUs and CPUs that have the ability for uh, running the inference algorithms for machine learning. Um, you know, you do a lot of your machine learning based on these deep neural networks that you can throw onto the edge and you train the machine. And then from there, it uses a lot of the GPU to do the calculation and real time make those decisions that are both, uh, best needed for the application. A fourth item um, that's kind of the most important for uh, rugged edge computing is, you know, having the ability for modular IOs. You know, once you move a device to the edge, you, you no longer, once again, have that controlled environment where you can kind of shift and pivot um, in, 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 
in a controlled environment. So um, what we do is we have, you know, complete support of all these IOs from USB, serial ports, HDMI, uh, VGA, DVI, um, you know, all these type of IOs, which are important and having the ability to extract that out through, you know, standard high speed peripheral buses, uh, which is, you know, through PCIe. And then last but not least, um, which is the probably the, the one of the most important when you're discussing, you know, rugged NVR surveillance is having the ruggedness and security built in. You know, uh, myself, Philip have have talked about this multiple times throughout the podcast. But, you know, having the ability for fanless passive cooling, you know, removing the element of uh, a failure point of the of the product by moving to a fanless design. And what this does is allows the not only it allows for reliability as a whole and, you know, your mean time between failures is is great. But now you have wide operating temperatures from negative 40 C all the way to 70 C. Um, in addition, right, you have uh, wide voltage uh, ranges, right, in, in, in areas where, you know, uh, power is not as stable. So if power spikes or drops, uh, we can guarantee that between 9 to 50 volt DC, you're still ensuring uh, the system will function. Um, you know, even playing into we, what we do is we test and certify our products under a military spec for shock and vibrations, you know. Um, so this, these things are being, you know, deployed in, in these extreme environments where you know there will be a lot of shock and, and, and vibration. So, um, and the last, the last bit of it, which is extremely important in surveillance, is hardware security. And how we do that is through what's called a trusted platform module. And this trusted platform module is a, a forum of all the leaders from Intel, from Microsoft, um, from IBM. Like these, these are the guys that are determining what's the most valuable thing in security. And what this does is that it allows us to or allows our systems to be uh, the best in terms of secure and being able to encrypt and, and having the encryption for a lot of these cryptographic keys anything from private information or pin values, and then you can actually authenticate um, for, for definite, definite hardware security. I mean, you just laid out some pretty incredible differentiators there that Premio is bringing to market. Um, do you see those kinds of differentiators and solutions guiding the future of rugged NVR solutions and setting quality and capability and use case standards? Um, and if so... What are some ways that Premio is solidifying that leadership uh, to be, you know, I guess, a driver for the industry? Yeah, so I think, like I mentioned before, I mean, there's an NVR itself is by no means new technology. And what it's doing is basically having the ability to storage large capacities of video footage, right? So um, what we're doing in terms of our solutions and where we're comparing doing differently than a lot of the market is, we're taking our literal industrial computing designs, embedded computing requirements that we've done for the last 30 years and moving that into a computer that has now all the extremely rugged features that I just mentioned with you. Um, but one of the main, main, main differentiators as a, a premium product and a rugged MBR and in terms of uh, modularity and flexibility is a lot of these cameras that are now being deployed are now running off what's called power over Ethernet. And what power over Ethernet, um, there's a standard that's behind it. But what that is, is that, uh, for example, a camera can be deployed. Not only does it have a physical internet connection, but it also can be powered by the same single cable. So not only is that cheaper to run a single cable, um, now you have the ability to run you know, um, all these PoE cameras. 
Um, so specifically talking about one of our products, um, it's one of our rugged MVR products. We can support up to either 4, 8, 12, and then on the high end, and this is where we really are set apart from our competition, is that we can support 16 PoE devices. So imagine in security surveillance, you have 16 uh, PoE cameras funneling down into a you know, rugged MVR computer that's doing a lot of the consolidated workload. Right. Yeah, I mean, that would be... Uh pretty game-changing for a lot of these rugged environments that you've broken down. Yeah, that's that's what we feel like. So I think in terms of surveillance as a whole, I, we really believe, you know, these rugged MVRs are going to shape and change a lot of how these uh, edged surveillance deployments are being made. How does that impact uh, the financials and the, I guess, initial capital investment of rolling out the technology? Does it make an impact on that side of things? I personally believe it it actually helps um, in terms of long-term, right? Long-term investment. Um, if you know that you have these reliable, uh, rugged MVRs that can you can be tested through time and are able to still function, your total cost of ownership over time is actually reduced, right? So in terms of setting up your entire surveillance uh, network, you now have the ability uh, for um, reliability. You have the ability now to uh, deploy these type of rugged MVRs in areas where they were no longer able to be deployed. Deployed. If if I can add on to that, uh, one of the other benefits is, as far as that goes, is uh, rugged MVRs that are running uh, analytics programs. They actually will help an organization re realize a quicker ROI than uh, than they would have in the past. Uh, I come from the the surveillance and security market. So one of the big selling points for a lot of the uh, security technology that was uh, using some video analytics was uh, the retail security field because the retail security loss prevention would have a notoriously limited budget. So what we would tell them is that if they could get these systems and put the video analytics on it, they'd be able to get a buy-in from the merchandisers and from the, the operation centers because you could actually see where the customers were going to be going in the store. What are their paths of travel? Where do they dwell? And from there, they could organize their merchandising around that. The same principle can apply for say, uh, transit, um, being able to optimize the, the time of the trains, the scheduling of the trains, uh, being able to redirect customers and passengers when peak times are coming around. Those are going to help these organizations realize a quicker ROI if they deploy these systems than, than they would have in the past. All right, y'all, let's wrap up the conversation by, I guess, looking into the crystal ball a little bit, appearing ahead um, at 5G and how that's going to continue to impact changes both for uh, use cases as well as improvements to uh, rugged edge and VR technology. How do y'all see IoT connectivity improving and how do you see that introducing new use cases with 5G on the horizon? And what do you think that tells us about some of the varied connectivity needs in smart cities today and also uh, smart cities to come. Yeah, let me kind of walk uh, through a, an example from one of our deployments that can really help explain this and the reason why 5G is going to be a game changer, from my opinion. Um, so, for example, we work with a, uh, a city that's pretty nearby to us, 
And what they do is they manage the entire public transportation, bus transportation system throughout the, the whole city. Uh, but, you know, remember what's most important for these uh, cities is that they constantly have to be recording what's going on 24-7 in their surveillance of their buses. And this is not to, you know, pinpoint what's going on is that um, if there is a criminal activity or if there is an issue brought upon a subpoena by the court, they, and this is what they've told us, is that they have to be able to guarantee they're able to stitch every single piece of that story together to have an answer of what really truly happened. And in order to guarantee that, that's extremely important how they build out their network. So, um, for example, um, as you know, as all these buses are going throughout the cities, imagine how much video footage is being stored. And where that's happening at the edge is on a rugged MVR that's sitting on the physical box because there's POE cameras or just cameras in general, right, that are funneling into a rugged MVR on a bus uh, transportation. But at the end of the day, the question that you should be asking is, okay, great. Now you have all these rugged MVRs. How are you going to move all that, that incredible data and storage back into an edge server or where you can do a little bit of more of the computation or archive for, for future use? So um, kind of walking through that, that illustration, right? When all these buses go back to the hub, um, what they're currently doing is that they're using uh, Wi-Fi. So when these buses, based on proximity, uh, pull up, that's where all the data starts getting uploaded into their, their, their centralized system, which sits in their hub, right? So that happens overnight. They're constantly pulling that out. Right. And that takes some time and that takes an incredible amount of bandwidth through Wi-Fi. Um, imagine this now. Imagine now that 5G is available. Right. And now uh, 5G is available not only um, in the actual streets while these buses are physically being moving and while they're recording, they can actually be pushing that data back immediately, extremely fast into an, uh, a localized uh, centered location. But not only is that important, but once you push that data immediately, now you have what's truly called IoT and edge computing because now you have the ability, right, with machine learning. Now you have the ability to make uh, decisions. Now you can say, okay, um, at, at this given time, you know, this, this, this action is happening. And this really helps. This is what I believe is really changing uh, the business as a whole. Philip, what are your thoughts on how the expansion of IoT connectivity, especially with 5G on the horizon, um, is going to affect rugged edge and VR applications? Well, the expansion of, of uh, IoT and in conjunction with the uh, coming of 5G is, is going to greatly expand the connected surveillance world because it's not just about... Uh, the IP cameras anymore. It's not just about access control systems anymore. These rugged NVRs aggregate a whole host of data, whether it's biometrics data, whether it's weather data, whether it's GPS data, and it, it computes all of it. Uh, and the, the growth of IoT is just going to be feeding even more data into these systems so they can uh, leverage it for more actionable insights. Uh, the, the 5G is just going to be opening up the floodgates so a lot more of this data can come in and it's going to allow these systems to be deployed in in much more remote mobile or volatile environments uh, much further away from the the centralized security hub and finally for both of y'all 
what kind of opportunities does this present for a company like Premio that is looking to set standards for the future of the industry? Um, I think this is huge opportunity, uh, especially as more devices are coming online. And not only are they coming online, now they have the intelligence to communicate with each other. Um, so one thing that's extremely important to that is, you know, uh, really having an operations in the United States to support a lot of this uh, sec security and surveillance uh, deployments. Um, I, I'm sure you heard this news a few months back, right? Uh, the United States of America banned all Chinese manufacturer cameras from China. And uh, one company is Hikvision, right? The reason why this, this security and surveillance is so critical. So, um, you know, to your point, you know, having, having a U.S. operations that's designing and engineering rugged MVRs in a market where security and surveillance is, is so important in, in terms of uh, privacy laws, um, I think um, as a whole in the next five, maybe even 10 years and where ILT is going and with 5G, Man, it's I think it's a it's a great opportunity to be in the business. And I think uh, as Premio, we are extremely excited. All right, Philip, Dustin, thank you both so much for joining us on the podcast today and chatting Rugged Edge NVRs, their applications and what lies ahead with a smart city and IoT future that is um, excitedly looming. Again, chatting with Philip Hall, Content Marketing and Communications Manager for Premio, and Dustin C2, Director of Product Marketing for Premio. Dustin, Philip, thanks for joining. Thank you so much. And if you would love to have more information about Premio, you can visit us at our website. That's www.premioinc.com. Uh, we also have an incredible uh, blog section that really dives into a lot of these topics. So if you're interested to learn more about edge computing and specifically rugged and uh, edge MDR, you know where to go. Thank you so much. And thank you everyone for listening to this episode of the podcast. And if you like what you heard and want to listen to previous ones, you can head to marketscale.com slash industries. There you can subscribe to previous podcasts, articles, and video content. You can also find our podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And make sure you're leaving a rating and a comment wherever you're listening to your podcast content. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. Till next time.